This episode is brought to you by Zappos Communications, where our goal is to empower Zaponians to develop a more meaningful and effective voice through communication. A few years ago, I interviewed a nuclear physicist from the Bay Area who told me he had gotten into science because of a split-second decision he'd made as a teenager. When he enrolled as a freshman at the University of Arizona, he was actually really into golf, and he thought he'd become a professional golfer. Then, during a meeting with an academic counselor, he was told he should pick a major, and on the table there was this big binder of class descriptions and majors. And remember, at that moment, he was convinced it didn't really matter which major he chose because, you know, he was going to become rich and famous playing golf. So he opened the big book randomly to somewhere in the middle, and he just happened to land on physics. So he told the counselor, okay, that's my major. And of course, you know what happens next. This man's golfing career fizzled because, well, it turned out he wasn't really all that great of a golfer. But he did end up becoming one of the nation's top nuclear scientists. And when he was telling me this story, I kept on thinking, what if he'd landed on philosophy or physical education or political science? How much different would this man's life have been? This is just to highlight something that we all see in our lives, that one small action, one single choice, one tiny force that pushes gently in a particular direction can lead to major results down the line. And mathematical theory has a term for this kind of thing. It's called the butterfly effect. It's based on the idea that a tiny butterfly, one tiny butterfly flapping its wings in Brazil will stir up these minuscule gusts of air. Gusts of air that might, just might, in the right conditions, be magnified by other factors and lead to a tornado in Texas down the line. With the right circumstances, of course, but you get the idea that one seemingly small or trivial thing can lead to large consequences or huge reactions as things unfold. Well, greetings, all you slightly weird, intently humble, change-driven, service-oriented standard bearers of Zaponian culture. Welcome to the Zappos Podcast. We are calling today's episode The Butterfly Effect, It's a story about an idea, a decision, really, that brought with it a number of surprising, unintended consequences. And we begin that story, well, near the beginning. It's my understanding that the butterfly was part of a Life is Beautiful installation. It was art. And after Life is Beautiful, we decided to buy it. Glenn Elliott has worked with the HR team at Zappos for the last three years. And it was Glenn who first told me this story. So he starts us off along with a number of other first impressions from across the company. I think I might have seen it at Life is Beautiful, but it was just one of many things going on over that weekend. But I remember just one day walking in and it was up in the plaza. I think I probably saw it before I'd heard about it come in one day and it's just there. And I hadn't heard about us purchasing it. I remember it showed up one day. I remember people talking about it. Obviously couldn't miss it. When I first saw the butterfly, uh, 
that's a big butterfly. It covered a very large portion of that open space. I think I saw it first and wondered, um, when is that going to fall, essentially? I remember it being a pretty butterfly, but when it popped up in the plaza one day, I was very confused as to what and why. Uh, It looked pretty, but it also looked really dangerous uh, to walk under. It was colorful. It kind of looked like tissue paper, so it was kind of like fluttering. I think it was supposed to be a shade cover. Spanned across the entire courtyard. Looming over all of Zappos. I mean, it was cool. Especially if you went up to the 10th floor and looked at it from that angle, it looked even cooler. I've seen pictures of it. I was wondering why it was there and how much money did it cost. (laughs) It was kind of hard to miss, right? It's a big conversation piece. It was impressive, uh, gigantic. It was really just, holy cow, did you see the butterfly? A natural piece of Zappos culture. My only thought was, you know, it's big, it's cool, but I hope those cables are strong enough to hold that butterfly up so it doesn't, like, fall down. It was the fall of 2016 when Tyler Williams settled on a plan to bring a giant butterfly to the Zappos courtyard. Tyler is the red-bearded lead link of the Brandora team. So it kind of goes all the way back to our Life is Beautiful sponsorship. There was this artist that makes these giant animals, did it for Coachella, and Life is Beautiful wanted to bring it to their festival. The artist's name is Poetic Kinetics. They do large, hangable art all over the world. So we decided, well, if we're going to bring it out to Life is Beautiful and pay for it to come to Life is Beautiful, we might as well get additional use out of it. And Tyler actually had many reasons to bring the butterfly to campus. As much as it didn't seem like it, I was thinking in a do more with less terms. I was thinking we could use it twice and then get a good six months worth of shade structure out of it. And then we had talked to Poetic Kinetics of like, why don't we swap out a different art piece every six months? And we've always been looking for shade structures for our plaza uh, because, I mean, you know, it's hot in the summertime. We've always been looking like, well, this could also provide a shade structure, but it could also be art at the same time. And I just kind of thought it was the audacious thing that you would see coming into the Zappos courtyard, like there's this 80-foot-wide butterfly just hanging above you. He'd seen drawings, he'd seen designs, but when he saw the butterfly for real, for the first time at Life is Beautiful, Tyler was positive he had made the right choice. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a completely beautiful piece of art, and I thought that it was going to be an amazing addition. Our, our courtyard kind of looks like, I don't know, Area 51. It's like got nothing in it, a little bland, uh, industrial looking, and I'm like, this will add some color and some flavor. Purple, red, orange, yellows um, is super colorful. Um, it looked a little scary, you know, the, the front of it was like almost kind of moth looking. It was a mixture of both beauty and a little bit of terror at the same time. Some people were like, that thing is terrifying. The butterfly is like a kite material that's wrapped around these giant air bladders and that creates the abdomen and the, and the body of it. And then the wings are kind of like a fishnet, and they have these tiny um, pieces of paper. So the wings are supposed to allow the wind to pass through it. But um, (laughs) that didn't really work out. 
what's funny is a lot of people on my team were like, man, I think this this, this isn't a good idea. I don't know if we should hang this thing. And I was like, oh, it'll be great. <laughs> so I was even uh, ignoring my team a little bit, which uh, taught me a great lesson. Following the butterfly's debut at Life is Beautiful, it took a few months before it reappeared on campus. So when the artists came out to hang it in our plaza, they strung it up by by kind of creating an, a skeleton inside of, of ropes. And then they, they pulled it up um, to these tie-off rings that are at the top of our plaza. And so I would say it hung about probably 20 feet up in the air, but it was kind of, if you were on the second ring or the third ring, it was kind of eye level there. So it kind of sagged down into the plaza a little bit. This is something to me that matched both our personality, just the type of thing that Zappos would do, and also the type of thing that makes somebody go, wow. And wow doesn't always mean like, wow, that's amazing. It could be like, wow, that's crazy, or just whoa, what is this? So um, I kind of felt like it was a bold statement, both to the organization and to people that were coming onto our campus. At the time, too, we were trying to really beef up our tours because tours was not allowed to go into places of the organization that they used to be. So we kind of had to like bring our personality out to the front. Um, and that was one of the other goals of the, of the butterfly. So Tyler had many reasons, and they made sense to him anyway, but once the butterfly was hoisted over the plaza and feedback started rolling in, he was not hearing the resounding yes that he'd been expecting, that he'd been hoping for. I was getting mixed reactions. Some thought it was just a waste of time, energy, resources, money. Like, how does this help the business at all? Other people thought, man, this is amazing. It's just the kind of crazy thing we'd see Zappos doing. So I was probably 50-50. Everybody seemed to have some opinion. There are a couple different camps, and it's either cool or that's weird or that's, you know, wasteful. Why would we do that? Some strong opinions, some like, meh, okay, it's a thing. I remember people thinking it was cool, but it was just so big in the plaza. Some employees were a little bit hostile towards it. People, when they found out how much it cost, were kind of taken aback. I think the feeling was that the butterfly, while interesting, was an unnecessary investment. There was no conversation company-wide about why it was there, the significance of the butterfly. I think we all had our own interpretations of what it symbolized and what it meant. A lot of people really liked it, and a lot of people seemed to have no opinions, and a lot of people also seemed to not like it. <laughs> um, it rained at one point, and then so the butterfly, there was actually an event happening on campus at the time, and so the butterfly essentially peed on the participants of the event. <laughs> I remember a lot of, why is this here? Why are we spending money on this? What is its purpose? What does it have to do with our campus? How does this do anything for us? A lot of that. I felt safe. I was just a little worried. You were a little worried. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Looking back now, Tyler can see why so many people had strong reactions to the butterfly. Timing of it was a little interesting because at the time, Zappos was uh, going through some, some changes. At the time and for a couple of years leading up to that time, much of e-commerce was focused on optimizing every dollar we spent. Here's what Arun Rajan remembers about this time. 
He is the chief operating officer of the company. And while Brand Aura has always been intentionally separated out so it could experiment with other ways of marketing, I think it just came across like a prominent display of waste. That's the perception. I'm not saying I felt that way. I'm just saying it was like a prevailing kind of feeling at the time. But back then, there wasn't much time for Tyler to examine the context of the situation before things started to, well, snowball. You know, we obviously get windstorms in Las Vegas. And when wind comes especially into the plaza, it just whips around like a little tornado. Now, I have not asked anyone yet about the exact date of what happened next, but I'm not sure I need to ask. Because you can go online and look back at hour-by-hour weather conditions for any part of the country. And when you look at the wind patterns for Las Vegas over the month of February 2017, the time between 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. on the 22nd of February stands out. That's where you see a big spike, actually. Just after 7 o'clock on that evening. And perhaps it was fortune, perhaps it was misfortune, but... At that moment, Tyler and most of his team were more than a thousand miles to the north. It was kind of a series of unfortunate events. One, um, our team, we won an award for Colt Brand of the Year at the Gathering, which is in this beautiful castle up in Banff, Canada. And so a bunch of us went up there, kind of made a trek up there to accept the award and go to the conference. So here it is, Brandora, the team, up in beautiful Canada, in the mountains, dog sledding, uh, you know, having the time of our lives, and all of a sudden, a Category 5 hurricane hits Las Vegas. You know, not literally, but it was, it was 90 mile an hour plus winds, which is, which is a lot. And I get a call from our production lead, Steven, who's a good friend of mine. And, and, you know, I could hear the wind in the background. He's like, our campus operations team's up. They want to cut it down right now. And I'm like, please don't get on the roof. And he's like, Tyler, this butterfly's going to fly away. So I was just sitting at home. Obviously, I knew it was, like, windy outside. And Abby, who was the head of security at the time, called me. I'm like, oh, this can't be good. So pick up the phone I'm like hey how's it going she starts freaking out like the butterfly is falling down it's super unsafe can you please come down here and see what we need to do we need to take this butterfly down tonight so I'm like okay so I'll be right there luckily I live downtown so it's only 10-15 minute drive from my house so I head down to Zappos get to Zappos I notice like okay this butterfly should not be coming down right now especially in the winds like this would be super unsafe to try to get this thing down tonight in the high winds the butterfly body is fine, it's very stable, it's the wings. The wings are starting to rip off the butterfly. It was so windy, kind of like war zone out there, because that thing was flailing all over the plaza. A couple of the points had already broken off. So I was able to like get a hold of one of the wings and I just basically ripped it off so that way it wasn't flailing in the wind anymore. I don't remember or recall actually when I called him, but I wanted to let him know what was going on with the butterfly, obviously, because I'm sure he was getting calls from other people too. So it wasn't as big of a deal as everyone made it. Like, obviously, I was able to get the wing off and it was structurally safe now. They don't cut it down. They let the wind just kind of beat the heck out of it. It was basically hanging by a thread at the end of the windstorm. 
So then campus safety decided nobody can use the plaza until we take this thing down. So all of a sudden these barricades come up and the entire company is inconvenienced because this dangerous thing now that looks like a disaster is hanging above the plaza. So it was really embarrassing. I remember being up there in Canada and that feeling of like your ears get hot and you just feel like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the thing that's gonna bring us down. So the butterfly was just gone. It was there, then it wasn't. And then you had people talking, well, that sucks. I really like the butterfly. Or, yep, I knew that was going to happen. I'm glad it's down. I can't remember if it was wind or rain and getting too heavy or whatnot. I can't remember exactly how it came down. I remember people talking about how we spent so much money on this butterfly. And look at it. It crumbled within a week. Do we own it? Is it ruined? Is it something that we are liable for, you know, those kind of questions come up. So when it died rather quickly, I just thought it was all pretty funny. Um, but that's just my take on it, I guess. I know other people didn't take it as the same way I did. I wanted it to work out. I wanted it to actually create shade for the plaza in the summertime. I was hoping you'd be up longer than two to three weeks. I was kind of heartbroken about it. You know, and I know during this time, Tyler was hearing it from all sides. Tyler, that was great. Tyler, why did you do this? Tyler, 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 butterfly, butterfly, butterfly. The butterfly was taken down. It was put away in storage. And the story might have ended there. And then, um, not sure how soon after, maybe like within a week or so, one morning we came in and there was this giant outline on the floor of the plaza that somebody somebody or a group of people, I don't know, decided to tape off like a chalk line, basically, of the butterfly, like the dead butterfly on the floor of the plaza. And its eyes had like little X's on it. So you could tell that the butterfly was dead. You know how you outline a crime scene in like the body, the dead body? They drew a huge butterfly out of tape with X's like it was dead. And then they wrote, do more with less, uh, buy it. Some people thought it was funny. On my team, there was mixed reactions for that. I thought it was hilarious. A lot of people were like, oh no, like now people in the organization are fighting or not getting along or this is bullying. There was a lot of different takes on that prank. We were all taking pictures and chuckling. And the chalk outline thing was hilarious, I thought. I know other people I had talked to later on were very upset about it because they thought it was like a direct blow at someone. I thought it was just poking fun and being cheeky. It was kind of like a punch to the stomach. Like they just didn't care about it, I guess, or they thought it was funny that it didn't last. But this was someone's art. This was an art installation. And then you're making fun of the butterfly being dead and... I guess I was so involved with putting this butterfly up, I didn't think that was very cool. And some people were outraged, like, you know, that's not that's not who we are, we don't do that, and everybody wanna know who is it? Who did this, and why did they do this? It was a mystery, it was something that many people on campus were talking about, and Tyler had his own suspicions about who was behind the chalk line. So at the time, our head of legal and our CFO, Anne, were in new hire together. Our finance teams are pretty big practical jokers. So I think it was a combination of 
kind of upstairs in finance. Hi, Adam. Anne, how are you? I am well. Let me just close my door. Hold on a sec. Okay. At the time of the butterfly chalk line incident, Ann Melman was the CFO at Zappos. She has since left the company for another job in Colorado, just a career opportunity. The departure had nothing to do with the series of events we're exploring today. So after Tyler told me that Ann had something to do with the chalk line thing, I called her. All right. Let's see. Okay. Okay, so I gather you were behind the butterfly chalk line thing in the plaza, and I wanted to ask you about it. See, I wasn't behind it. I think that's funny. That I never knew Tyler thought I was behind it. So you, ha- you weren't involved in it at all? No. See, okay, so I'll tell you the story. Now, it's important to note that Anne was new on the job as CFO when the butterfly was installed in the plaza, which meant that from 7 a.m. until at least mid-afternoon, Anne was a new hire training in the basement classrooms. And at the end of the day, she'd take the elevator back to Metro 3 to check in with the rest of the finance team. I came up one night and they were talking about, oh, we're going to play a joke on Brandora for the core value video. I was like, okay. (laughs) So I knew, I didn't know all the people that were responsible for it, but I had a pretty good idea that my team was involved, right? My finance team. Um, But I never knew what the joke was. So when I got there that morning, and given it was 7 a.m., and I haven't had very much coffee, so I'm a little bleary and a little bit grumpy, and I see this, it looks like a chalk outline of this butterfly with X's, and immediately I knew, you know, that it was definitely probably connected to this joke they were playing on Brandor. So my first thought was like, oh no. <laughs> but then I, I laughed too, because it was, it was pretty funny. And so it was sort of a mix of dread and laughter all at the same time. But then my phone started getting all these text messages, you know, text messages from people who were upset. Like, did you see what they did? And, you know, we're very upset. And then somebody from HR texted me because they had pulled the video and they needed to talk to me about that because people had complained to them saying that they were very upset. Um, Yeah. But yeah, that's funny. I think it's funny that Tyler thought this entire time that I was behind it. That's hilarious. So you weren't behind it in any way? No. You're going to have to talk to the artist. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not the mastermind of that. Okay, so the mastermind. So who was directly involved? Um, Paul Panko. You, I think you got to get it from Paul because, you know, it was for his core value project. I think Paul was the ringleader behind this. We weren't trying to be mean-spirited or anything. That wasn't the intention. It wasn't meant to be, uh, you know, a sign of disrespect to art or, or anything like that. We thought, you know, it's kind of funny. Here is Paul Panko, who works on the finance team. Paul witnessed the arrival and the sudden departure of the butterfly from the walkway on Metro 3. A couple of weeks after it was gone, uh, at a month-end close, accounting and finance are here pretty late on the first day of the month, closing previous month up. And, you know, when it gets to be 9 or 10 o'clock and, and you're still working, you need some kind of relief. You know, things get funnier, even though they're not. It's just, it's been a long day. It's been a long week, whatever it is. 
and somebody said we should we should resurrect the butterfly um we couldn't obviously go get the real one i, I think it was still on campus at that point just in storage but we couldn't go do that obviously but what can we do what's you know kind of the next best thing and i don't know whose exact idea it was i don't know if i even if i could remember i don't know if i would say there was a group a couple of people and you know seven or eight rolls of white duct tape um the whole point of it was just to draw out a butterfly. We weren't worried about coloring in the lines. You know, it was just, hey, let's throw it out an outline. And, you know, a couple of people were, you know, on the ground. A couple of people were on the, the ring, you know, looking down, kind of trying to give a little direction. But we literally laid it all down, the tape, in one go, drew it out. And then, you know, the, just the whole idea of do more with less. One of the core values of Zappos is, you know, hey, we, for 24 bucks that came out of our pockets, you know, we didn't expense it. But for 24 bucks, we brought the butter. We brought a butterfly back. You know, reincarnation of the butterfly. It felt like it got everyone away from you know being either upset about it or saying you know it's a waste of this or a resource. Like it kind of got away from that, and it was just you know hey you know one group did something and, and it didn't work out how they wanted it, but whatever you know like made a joke of it, made light of it, and it led to, you know, a lot of conversations, it led to laughter, it led to so many things that, you know, that's what I feel like embodies Zappos. You know, everyone talking, everyone, whether you're on one side of it or the other, you were talking about it and it helped kind of alleviate maybe a little tension. In the jungles of Central America, there are butterflies that have stunning, colorful, cosmic design patterns on their wings. There are bright blue butterflies that can be the size of salad plates. And then there are butterflies that have wings that are the same color, the same texture as dead leaves. Kind of a dry, crinkled up, yellowy brown. And these butterflies land on the ground and you cannot see them for what they are. They are entirely camouflaged against the litter of dried up twigs and leaves. Well, that is the kind of butterfly we are concerned with here. One which appears to be one thing, but which is actually another thing entirely. The 80-foot butterfly appeared in the plaza as an art installation, as a shade structure, as a way to show off the unique spirit of the company. And it was those things for a few weeks. But the butterfly ended up serving what was perhaps a far more valuable, far more important purpose. It was a way for people across the company to start talking about things that were bugging them. And looking back now, it sounds like those conversations might have been long overdue. I think it meant something different to everybody, which is why it's such maybe an interesting story. It was just a butterfly in the plaza. I would argue it was an outlet. Because it definitely became this symbol in the entire company, everybody knew about the butterfly, and I think everybody had a different interpretation of it. We were kind of messy back then. When I think back to 2015, 2016, the feelings coming to work were really difficult. Anything you saw, you a lot of people would instantly question it. Even though the butterfly was like something that really wasn't, in theory, that big of a deal, uh, kind of blew up into something more because I think it connected back to some of the other tensions that were happening throughout the organization. You could look at the butterfly moment and that was just a perfect example of, of Zappos at the time. Um, you just had this disconnect. Disconnect. 
Tyler wrote an email to the company apologizing for what had happened, and he did learn some lessons. What was hard for me is that my entire team got wrapped up in a decision that essentially I had made. Um, and then a lot of them had, had said, hey, this might not be the best idea. So that was the hardest thing for me, was to see the Fungineers and awareness and the theater and all of those things just kind of got overshadowed by this stupid butterfly. One of the big things I learned was to just pay attention to the heartbeat of the company, what others are going through. You know, it was easy for us in Brandora to kind of live on an island outside of, of what the business was going through, which was this extreme amount of stress. You know, it shouldn't have been one person that decided to hang a giant butterfly in the plaza. That could have been easily like, hey, Zappos, what do you think about using our butterfly that we had at Life is Beautiful? Here's a picture of it. Do you think that would be a good idea? Find out what people think. I probably would have got a lot of information of people that said, no, I, I think this is not good use of our funds right now. I think it's a statement that's going to cause disruption within the organization. I know I would have gotten that feedback because after the fact, I got all that and I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that's what was the feeling that was going around everywhere. I think it's important, especially something that's that visible, is to own it. It's important to wear your scars because they tell a story, you know, and I think for myself and our team, it became something that was baked into our, our everyday talk. You know, somebody would mention the butterfly and everybody would laugh or they'd mention it in a way of like, hey, we should maybe think this through. What are the unintended consequences? And not that we always make the best decisions. We still mess up. But I think it's really important when you do have a mess up to own it. And you might as well also add some humor. Our Christmas ornament for our holiday gift that year was a butterfly. My memory's terrible, but I think it was a purple ornament that said Butterfly Gate, and then it had the, the outline chalk with the X's in its eyes of the dead butterfly. I think also what it allowed is for other people to kind of say like, oh yeah, I messed up, but it was no butterfly. Everybody makes mistakes, but when you have something that's that kind of big and visible to say, well, you know, I might have messed up here, but it was no butterfly. Well, that is it for today's edition of the show. Coming up on the next episode, when our own biases make it difficult for us to truly understand someone who might be our customer, and we get some insights into how we can overcome the biases we may have toward people with disabilities. If you just looked at my wheelchair and tried to generalize everything and attach everything about me to my paralysis, you would miss all the other ways that make me unique.
this podcast would not be possible without help from Angel Sugg, Jean Markell, Jamie Naughton, Krista Foley, Dan Habel, Tyler Williams, Philip So, and Tony Shea. Our theme music was written and produced by Philip So and myself. Additional music for this episode, written and produced by yours truly. I'm Adam Francis. I hope you tune in next week for another edition of the Zappos Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Zappos Communications, where we strive to inform, communicate, educate, and entertain both Zaponians and our external partners.